What's up, guys? This is Rob, and I'm the vet. Hey, hey, I'm Murph, and I'm the maintenance man. Hey, everybody, it's Shay. I'm the girl. I'm sort of still the noob. I'm one year post off. So, welcome to the Waiting Table Podcast. What's up? Good to see hey. you guys. Hey. Going? I like that. I'm the noob. I'm the girl. I I need to do something like that. I want to I want to be something more than the vet. I mean, you guys are always trying to be like me, so it's cool that I'm used mm. to it. You could hey. be you could be the old, she could be the noob. There you go. I'm the old. I'm the old today. I'm the old today, at least. Especially, that's especially fitting because it's your 40th birthday. Hey! Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Thank Thank you, guys. And thank you, everyone, for joining us on another episode of the Waiting Table Podcast, where we have roundtable discussions about the hottest topics in weight loss with, of course, the coolest people from the bariatric community. I'm Rob, we got Murph, we got Shay, and we got you guys. So grab a chair, wind down from your busy day, and take a seat at the table. Now, prior to their intro here, I think we have some cool, fun little game that Shay wanted to do with us that she didn't want to tell us about. So let's, yep. let's, let's jump straight to that. Perfect. Well, first, I'm actually going to introduce our guests because I want our guests to participate as well. So okay. I'm going to introduce our guest. So tonight we have somebody super special. We have my mother-in-law, Amy, and Amy will be able to tell you more about herself as we kind of get going. But um, one of, well, besides being the fact that she's my husband's mom, without her, my husband wouldn't be here. She's very special in that way. But Something the other- up. Whoa. Right? Right? The other reason that makes her so special, though, is Amy has had bariatric surgery, and she was the first person close to me um, that had the surgery and actually talked with me about it. And so she's been a huge support in my journey. And so I'm going to go ahead and add Amy in. Welcome. Hey. hey. Welcome, Amy. How's it going? Good. How are you guys? Good. Awesome. Ashley. Thank you so much. Well, yeah. we'll we'll jump into like learning more about you and all of that, but I I have a secret game that that's not going to be. Mm. Uh, you always scare me with your secret game, Shay. What? Us, us too. Us too. So no no karaoke this week, no singing of any kind. And the good thing is, you guys all can work together, including people who are watching. You guys can work together as well, and and you know use the comments if you want. Um. There is a name for the for this type of thing, and I was trying to Google it because I forgot. It's kind of a weird name. Essentially, what it is is I have all these different words that are kind of pieced together, and they're all sectioned out, but they actually say a complete word. So I'll just it'll be kind of like we'll do it, and then you guys will get it more. So here's this first one. Can you guys all see that? So you guys can work together. This is, and, and just start saying it because it's going to make an actual word or phrase. Ache inks, high sped. Ache inks, high sped. Ache inks, high sped. Aching high sped. Aching. High sped. King. A king's high. Yeah, it's a king something. King's high. A king's high. High sped. High sped. Husband, husband, the king's husband. <laughs> Come on, Amy, you got this. Oh my gosh, no, I'm with you. Check on that. Like, it, it helps if you close king's... your eyes. Okay, okay, okay. A king size bed. A king size bed. And I promise oh, I answered man. that before I read Savannah's comment. Oh, nice. Good job, Savannah. Cool, Savannah, cool, cool. Yeah. Okay, you guys get it more now? Yes. Like, yes. yes. Okay. Don't focus on the letters. That, uh, that, yeah, just yeah. like focus on the sound of yeah. it. Weighing less with Jess says a king's husband. I like Ooh, that too. Husband. I could see that. I could see that. Close. That's... Are you guys ready for the next one? 100%. Yes. Okay. Here's the next one. You guys For anyone on Spotify, a it's ape hand ape of panda bear? hair. A panda bear. A panda bear. A panda bear. Oh, wow. You guys are getting it. See, wow. Amy, Amy's good at games. That I knew that she quick. would get it once we got going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was quick. All right. You ready for the next one? I have just a few more. Okay, here's the next one. Spotify friends, Abe, 
who Abe beat who beat rap. rap. Abe who beat Abe who rap. Beat. It's a robot. That's Abe, Abe. Abe who beat rap. Abe who. A poopy rap. A poopy rap. A That's poopy what rap. That's what I was gonna say. <laughs> Abe, Abe who beat. What did you say? Sorry, rap. that might have been right. A poopy rap. Oh no, that A wasn't right. Rap. That's <laughs> right in my head. That that's the only thing that makes sense, really. Right? I think that's right. <laughs> Abe, Abe, Abe who beat rap. Hey, babe, who beat rap? <laughs> Man, this is a tough one. All right, call uncle if you guys if you guys give up. My uncle doesn't speak English, so I don't oh, think he'd well, get this. Uh, well, well. <laughs> All right, I'll give this one to you guys. This is a booby trap. That's what I said, right? Isn't hey, that what he said? Booby trap. You said oh, booby trap. Oh, I said hey, booby trap. Okay, well. <laughs> I thought that was it. <laughs> All right, just because it's your birthday, I'll let that slide. All right, <laughs> we're gonna do two more. Are you guys right. gonna do two more? Okay, this yeah. is the next one. Yeah. Easel aid ease men Easel for aid. Spotify friends. <laughs> this this is talking about Rob. Yeah. An ease, old man. Easel aid ease man. <laughs> A ladies' man. Yeah. Yeah. He's a ladies' man. Yep, yep, yep. He's a ladies' man. So all of these I looked up, but this next one I actually made myself, and I'm really proud because it, it's Whoa. like really hard to create. These. Dan Brown, <laughs> look at you coming up with the Da Vinci Code. Ready? Are you guys ready for this one? Hundred percent. Apple Yurt Dane Rub for all our friends on audio. Apple Yurt Dane Rub. <laughs> it's so funny knowing what it is and then hearing you guys say it. <laughs> yeah, this game's only fun for you, Shay. I know. Yeah. <laughs> she creates these games to look us to make us look like, yeah. we're, like we're idiots. Can you take me? <laughs> when when, when in doubt, just go back to Creed. <laughs> Apple, your chain. Did anybody in the comments get it? Let me look. It's so hard because it's like out of context. Like it could be anything. You know? I know. But Apple it's very specific to what rough. today is. Jess has been doing good and so is Savannah. Happy, happy birthday, Rob. Yeah! Yeah! Happy birthday, Rob. I was Thanks, really man. proud of that one. That was <laughs> a good one. That was good. <laughs> Look, Amy doesn't appreciate it. She's like, that sucks. I'm yeah. like... I think I'm too, I'm too literal for these kind of games because I'm like, wait, this might be. When you have an apple in a yurt. Yeah. Oh, my brain doesn't work that way either. That's why I, I did the game. I was the host of it because like, I'm not good with those either. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm excited. Thank you guys for playing. I know people who are listening Thank on you. Spotify. Um, that was that was probably a jumble of mess, but it'll be <laughs> Well, Amy, this is the first time you've ever been on a podcast, huh? Oh, yes, super noob here. <laughs> All right, yeah, super noob. Well, can you start just by telling us a little bit about who you are, your bariatric journey, and um, I did want to call out to you. I had mentioned it in our stories, but we will be talking a bit about disordered eating, so. Consider this kind of your everybody's trigger warning for that, that if you're not at a place where you feel okay listening to that, that's totally okay. But we did want to give a heads up. So with that, Amy, tell us a little bit about you. Yes. And I second that, Shay, just because um, I was planning on talking pretty candidly if I can um, here. And I definitely don't want to trigger anybody that <clears throat> might be going through something right now. So Anyway, um, so my name is Amy Sampson, and I just turned 51. So, Rob, you little young in you, 40. Psh. What can I do? Yeah. Yeah, 40. 40 schmorty. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> anyway, um, <clears throat> so I struggled with weight since I was a young child, like very young, like as in First grade, you know, started getting made fun of at school, you know, the chubby girl, all, all this and that. Um, <clears throat> so I, I discovered early on that, 
you know, food was a comfort to me. It was a friend. It was um, something I went to when I was bored, when I was sad, happy. I mean, you name it. It was just food was food was a thing. It was definitely my thing from from a very young age. And so, um, you know, growing up in elementary school, um, it was tough, um, you know, to, I, I had a best friend and she was super tall and I'm only five, three. So I'm on the shorter side. So, um, you can imagine she's too, super tall and thin. I'm, I'm chubby and Shay, you might not get this one, but like they call us Laurel and Hardy. I don't know if you guys remember Laurel and Hardy, but Yeah, tall and skinny and then and not so skinny. So, yeah, just things like that, you know, just hurtful stuff like that. Um, And so anyway, get into my teenage years and I really, really want to be a cheerleader. That was like for me, you know, I would have arrived if I was on the cheerleading squad. And so um, at 15 years old, I discovered my... Um, my old best friend, um, bulimia. And um, it was what I thought was the absolute best method to eat whatever I want, binge whenever I want, and get rid of the food and stay at a, at a, you know, at a neutral kind of weight neutral. Could you, I I think a lot of people know what bulimia is, but for those that maybe aren't as familiar, can you just explain what that is a little bit more? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So um, for me, uh, bulimia can take a lot of different shapes and um, forms, but for me, it was um, eating a very, very, very large quantity of food um, at one setting and then um, vomiting, vomiting the food back up um, till I felt completely empty again. Uh, it was definitely a high, um, 100%. There, it was, bulimia is like a two-part high, in my opinion. The first part is the eating, like that part is definite. And so for those, um, you know, binge, binge eaters out there, you guys can relate to that high. But then for me, the second part was the purging. That was another high. And one couldn't go without the other. They had to go hand in hand for me. Um, And so I just, you know, thought, hey, I'm 15. I'm I'm skinny now. Um, I can still eat pizza whenever I want. This is great. So I'm thinking I have found the secret to life. Um, And so anyway, don't mind me if I look down a bit, but I just wrote notes because there's some really important things I want to share and I don't want to miss anything. Sure. So, um, oh, I, I did want to mention the amount of food guys, that I have consumed. So I was bulimic for 24 years until the age of 39. And so um, the amount of food that I consumed, had I not been doing the compensatory measure of purging, I would have definitely found myself well over 500 pounds. There's no doubt in my mind at all um, because of the amount of food that I would put away um, during a binge session. And the only thing that kept me at a normal weight for so many years was, um, was the purging. So um, at the age of 39, I uh, unfortunately had to get um, taken to the emergency department because I was throwing up uh, large amounts of blood um, and basically um, was told you have, uh, it's called Mallory Weiss tears in your esophagus. So I was told that um, I need to stop purging like immediately because one, um, if one of the tears slightly, you know, teared open tore open further, then um, it would cause internal bleeding and death, um, which, yeah, no good. Uh, Amy, sorry to interrupt. So how long had it been at this point that you had been purging regularly? um, Since I was 15, so 24 years. Wow. 
Yeah. I stopped for um, short periods of time when I was pregnant with both of my boys. Um, for whatever reason, um, having a bot, you know, a life inside of me, um, I was able to put the addiction on hold for, for those times. I also breastfed both of my kids um, for significant periods of time. Um, but I always went back to it that it was always my, if I saw my weight creep up a little bit, uh, it was just, you know, that, that was the way that I did it. Um, and so, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was, it was a long time. The doctors were very surprised that I w had gone that long without, um, you know, doing major damage to my esophagus. But by the time I, I did get to the ER that night and they did, um, all the tests, they said, yeah, your esophagus is wrecked, absolutely wrecked. And you cannot purge. Literally, you cannot purge again because these tears are so fragile. Um, so I was so immersed in the addiction, though, part at that time that um, they couldn't get me into a treatment center. I had to wait a few days. Um, so inpatient treatment was what the doctors were recommending for me. Um, there was no beds available. So my mom had to basically promise the doctor, it was either stay in the hospital under, you know, watchful eye there or go to my mom's. And she watched over me for a couple of days before um, I went into treatment and bless her heart. But I was so, I was, I was so in my addiction at that time that even a coffee from Dutch bros, um, I couldn't handle it sitting in my system without, so I turn on the shower pretending I was taking a shower and get rid of it, you know, even at, at, at my mom's house. So I needed help. Look, I'll admit I wasn't ready for help. Um, I was not ready. Um, I don't know if the, I don't know. There's a part of me that wants to say, I don't know if anyone's ever truly ready to give up their addiction, whether it's alcohol, drugs, you know, whatever your addiction might be. Um, but I was not ready. Uh, but this medical emergency kind of forced me to have to be ready. Um, so I did, uh, let's see, two months of inpatient, did really well. Um, it was a really eye-opening experience uh, for me. And um, then I did about a year of outpatient treatment um, and therapy um, out, you know, outside of the in, inpatient setting. And so um, I have been in recovery now for 12 years. So um, uh, I'm very, very proud to say uh, that, you know, I have had a few uh, times where I've fallen off the wagon hasn't been perfect over these 12 years. Definitely don't want to try to say that it has been perfect, but I'm definitely, definitely um, in working my recovery um, every day. So, um, so after that, um, within these 12 years, I would say about five years ago or so, I slowly started um, slipping back into old patterns with eating. Uh, not with purging, but just with eating. So as you can imagine, you know, one binge session turns into two, turns into three, the weight starts creeping on. And, um, you know, uh, I just, I, I told myself, okay, Amy, you know, as long as you don't purge and mess up your esophagus again, okay, what's a few binges, you know, you've had a stressful day at work, no big deal, what, you know, whatever. All right. Well, that, you know, that got me into trouble because I ended up, you know, at my my highest weight, which which for, for me, um, my highest weight was 230 pounds. And um, and at that time. So this was back in 2020 and uh, the height of covid um, kind of a stressful time eating a lot um, during the COVID time. And, uh, but the big shock was I had a, an annual exam and the blood work came back that I was in stage three kidney failure. Well, yeah, that's not good. Um, there's five stages of kidney failure. Stage five is dialysis or transplant stage. And I was in stage three. So um, 
uh, my doctor basically said, you have got to get weight off of you um, and, and stat. Um, your kidneys are not doing well. And the best thing I can recommend for you to try to reverse this or at least stop it at stage three without going any further is for you, you know, to lose a good, you know, 50 to 70 pounds. Like, so, um, I did some research and, uh, you know, um, knew that bariatric surgery was, uh, an option for some people. And, um, for me, I was denied by my insurance because I wasn't big enough for it. Even though I had this, you know, major health problem with my kidneys failing, they said, nope, sorry, like, come back to us when you've gained like 50 more pounds. And then we'll, okay, yeah, I'm not going to go and gain 50 more pounds. Um, yeah, silly, so silly. But um, anyway, so I didn't meet criteria, unfortunately. Well, I talked with my husband long and hard and, you know, we just decided, hey, you know, this is a health issue. And, um, you know, I was only in my mid forties, um, at the time, mid to late forties at the time, and just too young for stage three kidney failure. You really don't see that until, you know, you get in closer to your late sixties, seventies. Um, so I was pretty young to be at that stage. So we decided to pay for it out of pocket. Um, I found a doctor who was great um, in Southern California where I was living at the time and um, and got the surgery in July of 2020. So I will be three years out in July, this coming July. Um, yeah, so let me see. Um, okay just to go back really quick. So I was not mentally prepared for this surgery. I will admit to everyone who's listening to this, it happened so fast and so quick. I was not mentally prepared for the loss of food. Um, it is the best decision I've ever made for myself. Um, I did lose almost 75 pounds um, and my kidneys I can't even, it's like, it makes me cry to even say it, but my kidneys are perfect. My kidneys are functioning perfectly. I am not in kidney disease stage, any stage right now. And my numbers look great. And it's just ugh, the biggest blessing ever, biggest blessing. So would I do it again? A hundred percent. Would I have prepared myself a little more beforehand if I had the time? A hundred percent. Um, I mourned the loss of food guys when I woke up and it was like, oh, you know, you, you know, you're on the lick, you know, liquids for, you know, a month and then you're on soft foods for, you know, I mean, I remember telling my husband just like, I don't know if I can do this. Like, I, I do not know if I, I mean, it's like food is everything to me. It's like, everything to me and to not be able to eat what I want, um, when I want, you know, it, it just was devastating. And, and I really fell into a bit of a depression, which is so, I feel so selfish saying that because I was just given like the biggest gift and the biggest life saving gift that anyone could give me. Um, but yet I was feeling depressed. It's like, Amy, what's, you know, what's your deal? Like you're losing weight rapidly. You're doing great. You know, no complications from the surgery. I didn't have any complications to speak of. I, I really did, did really quite well. Um, there was a few foods I couldn't tolerate, um, you know, for a while afterwards, but most of those have been, you know, have resolved over time. And so I just thought, what are you depressed about? But I would literally just wake up and cry because I just missed the food. I missed the food. So that grief is very valid and real. Like I, I mm -hmm. think many people that are listening and I think like Robin Murphy, 
definitely speak up too, but it's like, I think that's very relatable. And so it's like, there's room for all of that, right? Like, yes, this is a life-saving thing and it was helpful and it was a huge loss at the same time, you know? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I think that's a big concern for a lot of people, right? Like, yes, we understand the need health-wise. We understand the need to make this change and to give up something that we cannot control because if we could, we would have done it. Right. Um, and, and I always go back and that's why I, I absolutely love, I've listened to Phil, the podcast with Phil a couple of times at this point. And um, for me, when he mentioned how he can just imagine how hard it is to give up something like food and how hard it is as an addiction, because you have to eat food numerous times a day and you have to be able to control that. So, you know, for us to be able to drop something just like that and go to something like a liquid diet, which is so extreme, right? Like I tell a lot of people, the hardest part for us in Canada is the pre-surgery diet. Uh, so it's the Optifast, what we have, which is, you know, just shakes for, for me, it was three weeks, three weeks of, of X amount of shakes. Right. And so it's such a big difference from what we're, we're used to. And so, you know, it is definitely, it's, it's understandable to, to, to mourn that because it's such a big part of our life for so many years. And, and that's what I tell people a lot is, you know, we've been doing this for, for a lot of years right? We, this has been what we've known. This has been a big part of our life. It's not even just been a part of our life. I know for me, it was a big part of my identity. Now I'm losing that part, whether I'm ready or not, I'm losing a big part of who I am. Right. And so, and I commend you for making those big changes because whether you had to or not, you did it. And so that is huge. And to see that big turnaround with your health um, is, is awesome. So I commend you on that. It's awesome. Thank you. Thank it's, you so much. It's definitely something that I've struggled with lately, especially I've had this thought of the idea of like never eating the way that I used yeah. to eat ever again. Like it's never like it can't be undone. And, and the, the reality of it just hits me once in a while. And I'm just like, I, I don't know if it's that I miss food or I miss my old self or I miss that lifestyle or I miss that comfort or what it is exactly. But the reality of the fact that my life is has now been changed yeah. for forever until you know that last day, and it's just like, oh man, that's a that's a tough one, you know, to wrap your head around, and it it, it messes with your head a little bit. So, being emotionally ready or mentally ready to take on this, yeah, you know, I was just talking to somebody at work about it today, um, you know, because having the surgery is not for everyone. And, uh, and she asked me, you know, what, what is the biggest part of it? And I said, it's, it's the mental aspect of it. It's 100%. literally 90, 90%, if not more, yeah. the mentality that you have going into it. And, uh, and if you don't have it, you, I feel like you can get it. I mean, you can learn tools and things like that. And I'd love to pick your brain more on, on that, how you've you know, gotten through that. But um, it's, it's so much more than just eating a little bit of food here and there. It's definitely not a quick fix. Right. It's a mental, it's a real mental, real mental game. And I think your success depends on how, yep. how mentally prepared you are. And then also how mentally strategic you can be or, 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 you know, overcoming, overcoming. Yeah. I also think like, it's just, it's a versatility or, or being dynamic, right? Like we, yeah. and I, I've said this numerous times on the show, I think we've, um, one thing that was a big challenge for many of the people I talked to and a lot of the mentees that I have um, that I mentor, it, it's I, I see a rigidity in our ability to adjust and adapt. Right. Because um, we are so used to something very specifically. And, and I think we're so used to that. And we, we don't want to break that because of what you had mentioned, you know, the emotional ties to it, the way that it makes yeah. us feel the other things, you know, you're thinking back about the person we used to be or the times we used to have or all this, how we used to cope with certain things and food was a big part of it. And I think at some point, that rigidity was so ingrained in us that regardless of what happened, we wouldn't break it, right? Whatever it was, right? And so that is the big part of it. And I think a lot of the people that I see succeed, even though we all struggle with it, they've been able to find a way to adapt to things, right? This isn't working. How am I going to make it work? We all slip. 
what am I going to do now? Whereas back then it was like, we slip. All right, I'm going to enjoy this ride down, right? Because that's sort of what we knew. So I think that resilience and that that ability to adjust has been big. And so, yeah, Amy, I would love to hear, you know, what's, what type of things did you um, put into practice? What type of habits did you try to build to help with, with building around that? Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, a couple more things I just wanted to say in regards to um, anybody who has disordered eating and then gets this surgery. Um, so number one, like we already, like we already mentioned, like bariatric surgery is a great tool um, for fixing the physical. It does not fix the mental addiction. It does. It doesn't even touch yeah. your brain at, at all. And and I really, I really need folks to really take that in because that is um, something that I think is so important to keep in mind. And so, um, in regards though to the physical changes, um, for me. Uh, the first year was a little difficult for me and it was a little bit of a slippery slope. And let me explain why. Um, when, you know, when your stomach has been cut, I had VSG. So, you know, your stomach is cut down significantly. And so if you try to overeat, especially in your first six months to a year, if you try to overeat, um, it's naturally going to come back up. Well, for me, it wanted to come back up. Well, that was a slippery slope for me because um, I wasn't intentionally overeating, but sometimes I would eat a little more, you know, I didn't stop when maybe I should have or something didn't set well with me. Um, but just the involuntary, I'll call it the involuntary purging that happened a few times for me really was a mind mind messer. <laughs> um, I'm trying to use a word that's not a cuss word, but it was just um, cuss away, mess, cuss away. It's all good. Mess, messed with my mind though, big time, because this is like, wait, this feels like old times, you know, and it wasn't old times because I wasn't binging and getting this satisfaction of binging beforehand. It was even just eating something maybe small that didn't quite set well with my pouch or, or whatever it might have been. And, and it would be coming back up. And so I had to be really cognizant of that because in my mind, I was like, oh, great, Amy, you're going backwards. You know, you're going backwards with your, your, you know, disordered eating issues. And so that, that was just one thing I kind of wanted, um, you know, wanted to, to mention. Um, and that also that it's really normal to mourn the loss of food. I feel like that maybe isn't talked about a whole lot, um, but you, you, it's normal and, and it's okay. And you will get through it. I got through it. Um, it wasn't easy, but, and I'm still, I'm still getting through it. Look, I say I got through it. I have not arrived by any means, guys. I have not arrived. Um, yes, I'm almost three years out. I feel like I have, you know, a good system going. I'm for me. I'm at um, a weight that I feel very comfortable with. Um, so I'm just kind of just main, you know, maintain. I've been maintaining the weight for um, about a year and a half um, now, and so I feel really good about where I'm at. But you've never you've never arrived. You have to work at this every day. Um, the, the surgery is definitely not a one and done. I'm fixed forever and we're good, you know, because you guys all know, um, you can start bad habits up again and then, okay, you're stretching your sleeve out a little bit, little by little, you know, or, or you're that what call eating around your sleeve, you know, you're eating slider foods that don't make you full, but there are tons of calories, you know, yep. things like that. And so, um, so for me, uh, to answer your question, Rob, I think that it's, um, it's been a lot about uh, foods that I feel comfortable and safe with for me, for, for this maintenance, um, phase. And, um, Shay can attest to this. But it's, it is the one thing I do for myself every day. That is the safest thing that I can do for myself. So I literally have this 100 calorie oatmeal packet. Okay. Um, a banana, a tablespoon of peanut butter. Um, I have this breakfast 
every morning. And I have had it every morning since I was able to eat soft And your yogurt, food. right? Don't you mix oh, your oh, yogurt sorry. Your yes, yes, I mix um, the Dannon Light and Fit. Sorry. Yes. You, that was the key, key piece. I mix it in with the oatmeal and it is my favorite. Like it is just, it's the best ever. Um, and I never get sick of it. I don't know how that is. Like, I don't know, but I always feel like I'm starting off the day right. Like in my mind, it's, it's starting it off right. So I, I've kept, you know, kept that, um, I stay away from, you know, uh, most, um, fried foods, you know, fast foods, fried foods, um, things that I know too, that kind of bother my stomach. Um, and just, I, I really try to listen to my body, uh, portion control wise. Now there are times when my mind, this darn thing up here, um, takes over and says, oh, you know, Amy, you know, that, red velvet cake over there from the birthday parties calling your name, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And, um, I will have a little bit, I, I will, if I'm too rigid on myself, you guys, I have found, I am a rebellious little girl. Let me tell you, I, there is a rebellious little girl in here. She's <laughs> Yeah, she's just, I got to keep her under lock and chain, man. I'm serious. Um, my therapist calls that, calls that little girl, she calls them my wild horses. She goes, Amy, you just, you've got wild horses in you. It's not a bad thing. It's just part of your personality. It's part of who you are. But she said, you've got to keep the wild horses in the stable. You really, you can't let them run free because. I feel like run- you're on the, on the start of like a country song. Like right. The start of a country song. <laughs> So we gotta we gotta circle we gotta circle the wagons. So they don't (laughs) wild. Yes, my wild horses. But yes, so um, you know, I have to feed the wild horses a little tiny bit because if I just say no to them entirely, they will just they will bust open the gate, guys. They will break it down. And I know that and I know this. And so um I just, I try to do stuff in moderation. I don't always, I'm not always perfect, but to answer your question, Rob, that would, that, that is what I'm trying to do going forward for maintenance is just moderate everything with moderation. I love it. That's, that's sort of been my mantra from the very beginning. So three years in from now is always like, same thing with you, right? Like I know, I know the way I am. And and that's the big thing that I took from listening to you is you got to find what works for you. And I think that is for everyone. You can hear what I do. You can hear what Amy does. You can hear what Shay and Murph do. Doesn't mean it's going to work for you, right? So anyone else listening, you really got to play around and see what's going to work for you. And I think the best way to do that is to really have an honest conversation with yourself about what's worked in the past and what doesn't, right? What causes you to do certain things? I know for me, I do very, very well as an all or nothing type of person. Like I go all out, I could do amazing. And then I slip and then I'm really, really good at doing nothing for a long time, right? And so for me, it was a matter of, okay, I do great, but I also do poorly like that. How do I beat that? And for me, it was moderation, right? So, you know, I I said at this point in my life, I like eating with my kids. I like enjoying my time with them. I like being at the table with them. So... I don't want to make different food from them. I want to eat what they eat. I want to spend that time with them. I need to learn how to eat smaller amounts. I need to, I try to make sure that I'm almost fast when I'm eating with them, which is hard sometimes when your kids just talk so much and you're just like, come on, hurry up faster so I can take my next bite. But no, I love that. I love hearing you say, you know, talking about what works for you and what you had to do. I eat the same breakfast every day, same type of thing. So I love hearing you sticking to that because you know it also works well for you and it doesn't make you feel like you're missing out. And most importantly, I loved hearing you say that you're about a year and a half in 12, um, and you're at a weight that you're comfortable with because at the end of the day, again, it doesn't matter what the number is. It matters what you're comfortable at, right? You're healthy. You're comfortable at where you are. You feel good at, at that place. It doesn't need to be like this isn't weight loss surgery isn't the race to get, you know, to the lowest number. 
and we all get caught up on that too because i i know i do right like you know i've i look at my scale every once in a while i'm like okay well now i'm 183 i don't want to be this low but somewhere in my head i'm like yo you could go you could go under 180 if you want and i'm like yeah i could do that but then i'm just like is that what i want right like i spent so much time trying to get above that again and now i'm going back so i loved here like there's so many really good things that you're saying i, I loved hearing it so it's amazing yeah and women out there um women who are listening to this and who see this don't pressure yourself um, to meet a specific weight goal mm. on the scale. Really don't, don't do it to yourself, honestly, because the number, well, the number is important. And yes, I do weigh myself regularly just to check in um, with myself. But um, for me, it was more about, so I, I had it in my mind, okay, I'm starting at, at a size 16. I'd love to do, I'd love to go half that. So I'm mm. in a comfortable eight at this point in my life. And for me, an eight, I've never been an eight in my adult life. This is like the smallest in my adult life that I've been. So I'm, I'm super proud of myself for that. Super proud of myself. Yeah. And so if I never make it to like a size four or a six, I'm okay with that. And I like, I like the curves that I have. Um, curves are beautiful to me. And so, um, and my husband as well, he likes the curves. So, um, you know, it just, don't get too hung up on, you know, gotta get to a specific number because then if you don't, you know, you'll feel disappointed within yourself. And, and yeah. why, you know, why, why put that extra pressure on yourself? Shay has been so good. Actually, Shay has been teaching me a lot about, you know, just kind of loving yourself where you're at and at what stage you're at and not being so, Shay will tell you, I'm a very critical person on myself, not on other people, but on myself. And, um, I've learned a lot from her in regards to just like Amy, you know, why are you so hard on yourself? Yeah. Um, I think uh, the black and white thinking for me, um, that's that's a lot of it. I have very rigid, old, old rigid tapes in my in my head that like to play, you know, um, stuff from childhood, um, you know, those kinds of things. But anyway, just kudos to Shay because she seems to have a very balanced view of um, how to love yourself. And I've learned a lot from you. Yeah. I don't want to hear it from you, Rob. You can. I didn't say anything. I just made faces. You're okay. Yeah, I'm yeah, nice. Yeah. People like me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, it's true, though. It's, it's so hard. And um, we had someone talk about just like that restriction piece and. Um, it's so hard. A lot of what I have seen within myself and with other people and Amy and I, you're going to be like, yep, yeah, broken record. I've heard this a million times, but I, I just, it makes my heart so sad when I see people coming from a place of self-punishment and the root that I can, I can usually go back to that makes sense in my mind is just not seeing your own worth. And I don't know why, but it's, it's a, it's an ability. I feel like God gave me to see worth in other people. And so it just, it makes me feel so sad when people don't see that for themselves. Yeah. And that's taken time to see that even within myself, but like for myself, but I think a lot of where that comes from, that's the root. And so what do I say to you all the time, Amy? What, what are some of the things I say to you about worth? I mean, you're, you are such a worthy person, whether you lose weight, whether you gain weight, that doesn't matter. It's irrelevant, right? And so um, I don't know, like, like, what advice do you have for people who are kind of in that restrictive place? Right. That's usually what I say all the time, right? But like, I know that's something that you've been working on a lot. Um, yeah, look, I, I hate to, I hate to say, I mean, if, if somebody is in a place where that is what works for them being super restrictive and prescriptive, you know, about yeah. every move, you know, move they make and counting, you know, every single calorie and being really rigid, but that just really works for them. I don't want to be the person to say, well, you know, don't do, don't, don't do, do that. Yeah. Um, but 
are you happy though? I guess I would ask, are you happy? And is this sustainable? Is this way of life for you sustainable in the long run? And can you be happy in the long run being, being this rigid? And if the answer is yes, for some people, then, you know, then awesome. Um, but for me, I just, I need a bit more of a go with the flow, um, listen to my body, uh, mentality. Um, I, I did follow the program post-op the first year very rigidly. Shay knows, um, I, you know, I was very, you know, don't, don't eat, you know, no rice, no pasta, no, you know, just very rigid and all of that. And then I thought, okay, um, this to me is feeling very stifling and it's starting to really feel like a chore and I don't want to end up hating my new life. I want to enjoy my new life. And so if that means I need to find my own way through this, then that's what I'm going to do. And I, I think it's a work in progress for me. Um, but uh, this is what definitely works for me. Well, and I, I think it's kind of counterintuitive at first. Like I know sometimes I get funny looks, especially because I'm so newly post-op. I, you know, I'm just about to hit my one year mark and I've taken definitely more of an intuitive approach. Like, again, I'm not a doctor. I'm not prescribing anything. I'm just sharing more of like my experience and what's worked. And I think for so long, we've been told to not trust our bodies. That's what's what got us there in the first place. You know, all of these things that are actually just lies. When you look at it more from a logical perspective, first thing first, obesity is a disease. We wouldn't tell somebody who has cancer, you know, like, like, oh, you have cancer and that's what got you here. Even, even with lung cancer, I know that's another one that gets a lot of shade because it's like, well, you smoked and that's what got you here. There's a lot of people who have lung cancer who have never smoked a day in their life. Like, yeah. And so that's the first thing. Obesity is a disease. The second part about it too is in a lot of ways I know, or I know many of us were raised in ways that told us to not trust ourselves, right? And all these small ways that add up. But really our bodies are so much smarter than like our brains are where they give us a lot of indicators of, of what they need when they need it. And so for me, it's been a neat journey and experience of really leaning into that. It's been kind of scary and it's felt risky because some of the things that I've done have gone against what my program guidelines are. Not that I'm recommending that, but that's what my body has told me. And I know for myself, Every time I've listened to my body, it's been spot on. And there's times that, you know, like um, I, I think about like I, I one time had too many chocolate covered almonds or it's like, oh, that just did not sit well. But that doesn't like define like when you think about it, it's kind of laughable in a way like, yeah, like I had too many chocolate covered almonds. Like I'm such a bad person. Like that's so weird kind of, right? And I'm not like shaming people who think that, but again, just seeing it from a non-emotional objective place, like, no, I made a mistake. Like I'm learning my new stomach. I, you know, maybe I got distracted and I ate too many and it's okay to make mistakes. Like, I think that's the other thing where I was raised in an environment and like just seeing lots of different things that like making mistakes, that's the worst thing you can ever do. And I think that applies a lot with people or that I've seen in this space. It's like, we're going to make mistakes. Like, it's okay. That doesn't define our worth. That doesn't mean anything's different. And so, sorry, I don't know how I got off on that tangent, but it's like, I don't know. I just, my heart hurts because it, it's hard and, and there's no easy solution. And I wish there was. Yeah. I, I, you know, I feel like I, I'm, I've been sitting here and I'm, I'm thinking like, what, sort of addiction or lifestyle that you know people are trying to get away from or get out of um what's you know what sort of lifestyle doesn't that involves recovery um you know like does recovery ever end for anybody you know what i mean like yeah. not for me it it, yeah. it 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 can't end and daily. we're it's gonna daily. make mistakes it's daily yeah. and this is this is just a, a fact of life and then how we 
handle, I mean, that, you know, you've got programs like AA, like we talked to Phil about, you know, last week, we've got programs for different things. Um, I don't know, other than the Waiting Table podcast or Berry Nation or other programs where, you know, you can meet and I mean, we don't have 12 steps, but you can meet and talk. And that's, you know, that's why this is so important. And, and I don't think, you know, it's the steps so much, you know, with AA, I think it's getting together and yeah. being vulnerable and transparent and real and talking about our recovery because this is a recovery process that is going to take a you know the rest of our lives and Absolutely. and then we talk about you know having like you talk about having your your oatmeal and your yogurt and the same thing every day for three years i've been doing the premier protein shakes for two and a half almost three years yeah. you know you find something that works or, or rather if it's not broken don't fix it right i mean mm -hmm. if it's working for you keep doing it if it's not working for you rewrite the script rewrite yep. you know you're, you're making your own ending you know and like rob said it's not the you know the number on the scale uh you know it's it's about your happiness it's about where you're at now and where we are all is on a journey and uh and it's a journey of recovery you know from something and i, I can't think of who isn't on a journey of some sort of recovery, you know, whether you want to be or not, you are yeah. you're recovering <laughs> and whether you're aware of it or, or you not, are. you are right. Whether, like, yeah, whether, whether it's obesity, whether it's, it doesn't matter. We're all on some sort of journey and recovery never ends. I, I think it's safe to, to say that. I think that's a, a fair statement. I'm going to. No, I think you're hundred percent right. And, and I think like a big thing that I see a lot and, you know, I have these conversations with people and this is something that I used to fall prey to. And I know a lot of friends who do is just even learning work, like work life balance, right? Like people, I have a lot of people and I was, I was a person who I would tell my customers, I'm like, doesn't matter what time you call me middle of the night, I'm going to the hospital to help you guys out all this stuff. Right. And then, you know, at some point I had to teach myself that, Hey, I have other priorities in life. I have a family, I have a wife, this is my priority now. And people have a very hard time breaking that up. And I know in my industry, very, very, very hard. You know, I had, I had a colleague ask me is cause I have a different, I have a work phone that does not get touched after 4.30 p.m. anymore. And I have my personal phone. They're like, oh, how does that work? And I'm like, it's amazing. Because they thought I was going to be like, oh, I'm always looking. I'm like, no, I do not. One, I put it away. It's family time now. And, and again, these are things that we're all on journeys. We're all trying to make changes, regardless of whether we know it, whether we're aware of it. We are constantly changing. And if you're not, then you're stagnant. Then you're just sort of sitting there and you're just, what are you doing? Right. Yeah. So I, I love hearing, I love hearing all this from everyone. Like, this is what we're going through. This is how we are evolving and they're changing. And, you know, even today, I find that this often happens on certain events, but you, you usually take that time. I, I, I find that I constantly will just on certain days, I'll just sort of sit there and, and look around at everything around me um, and just be appreciative of these things and I'll think back and, and this is why, you know, I think of it today on my birthday, I, I think back to what was I doing last year? What was I doing last year? Wasn't a good one because we were stressing out cause I had my surgery that day and we had a flood in the morning. But prior to that and every year prior to that, it's just like, I would wake up in pain, you know, I would be in a pretty good mood and then it wouldn't last very long because I was in so much pain. I couldn't move and I wasn't happy and all these different things. Right. And now we've put in that work to be happy with, who we are and as you had mentioned you're comfortable with who you are you you know if i th thought back to rob five years ago would you have thought you'd be at this point and and regardless of how much we are still working on it how much we are struggling with it how much we fall you ask your person five years six years ten years down uh, back if you could have imagined that you'd be in that place where you are now most of us would say no and it brings you to that appreciation of damn i've done good right yeah. I've, I've i made it Absolutely. so yeah it's crazy it's crazy these journeys that we go through for sure yeah yeah it is for sure um one thing i wanted to say really quick rob with um you talking about work and um you know kind of being or struggling maybe with workaholism and stuff um that is one thing i found for me um after I got out of my inpatient um, treatment, Shay, Shay can attest to this, 
was um, I had a real issue with, you know, what they call transfer addiction. Yep. I was going to ask you that. I transferred right from having a bad eating disorder into being a major workaholic. I threw my mind, body, and soul into climbing the corporate ladder mm-hmm. and, um, it destroyed a lot of things along the way. Um, it hurt my kids. Um, it was, uh, just not a healthy, not a healthy thing for me, but, um, it was something that I was using to cope, um, you know, without having the bulimia there to fall back on. And so, um, just, you know, folks out there, be careful of the whole transfer addiction thing. It's, it's very real. Um, I I've heard folks, you know, have the surgery and then they have problem with, you know, alcoholism or, or, you know, just your, your addiction just somehow morphs into something else besides food. So just be on your toes about that because, Mm -hmm. um, it's, that's, it's a, it's a very real thing that's happening. And, um, you know, for me right now, I feel like I'm pretty darn balanced. I feel really good about, you know, where I'm at, um, uh, feel balanced with work, family life, my food. Uh, I'm just, I'm feeling like I'm in a good place, but that can shift at any time, you know, and you just, you've got to be on guard with that. So. Well, and, and, and there's, um, pun intended. No. Um, <laughs> and, and there's, there's, or what I always like to say to you is that there's so many different ways to cope and yeah. the, the actual methods we use, there's not really anything wrong with working with food, with alcohol, you know, it's just the reason behind it. And mm-hmm. I've known me, you know, for what is it? Me and Dylan have been together 11 years and I just have to say, like, I'm so proud of you. Like you, the, the, you. like, it's, it's kind of hard to explain in a short amount of time, all of the growth that's happened in that, in those 11 years that I've known you, but like, it, it, I, it's like, it's, it almost discount, not discounts, but it's hard to fully like get through the growth that's happened because who you are today is not who I knew, like when I met you at all, like, which is good. I mean, 11 years, you would hope that, you know, and I'm not the same person either, but like, you've done a lot of hard work to get where you're at now. And so of course it's easy to like, look back and say, oh yeah, you know, and I'm in a good place, but I just, I don't want that part to get missed that there's been a lot of intention and tears and hard stuff to get there. So Good job. <laughs> thanks. Aw, thanks. <laughs> uh, we got a couple comments. Someone had said that um, addiction, that their addiction transferred to the gym. Yep. A hundred percent sleep, eat, dream the gym. Um, and again, it's, it's like going to the gym is not like a bad thing or like, right. you know, it's just, it's just, that's maybe a different way of coping. So again, yeah. it's tough, you guys. It's so tough. And I, I think, you know, acknowledging the fact that it's tough and that this is a journey that you are going to always have to. And, you know, this is the whole thing with the prep stuff. You know, even at the hospital, I, I've had a conversation with the social worker about the program. And I said the biggest thing I think that we are missing and I think the the biggest thing that in general bariatric surgery is missing is, is, you know, we do the whole prep for diet and we do the prep for, you know, financially, are you able to continue taking vitamins for the rest of your life? Are you able to manage with this, 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 are you going, but the question is, are you going to be able to connect with what you need to do emotionally and mentally? That's always been my thing. Right. Um, and how, how are you going to be able to do that? And what support's available? You know, I always tell people that, you know, it's not the easy way out. Like taking bariatric, having bariatric surgery isn't the easy way out. It's a, it's a resource that we have that we are able to utilize to better ourselves and our family. But that also shouldn't stop there, right? If there are other resources that you can utilize to help you be successful with this part of your journey, you should also utilize it, whether it's, hey, I'm going to jump on the waiting table. Hey, I'm going to join um, Barry Nation. Hey, I'm going to reach out to a bariatric dietitian. 
whatever it is, you know, you need to utilize the resources you have available because at the end of the day, this is a big step and a big change that you are going through. And you want to do as much as you can to make sure you succeed one, but that you're able to continue with this, right? Because this is not just like, hey, this is what my life's going to be for the next five years. You want it to be a long-term, you know, marry in motion 10 plus years type thing, right? So that's the big thing. You know, how are we, we can't look at this as this is what I'm going to be doing for the next foreseeable future. This is life now, right? And so how do I adapt to it? How do I want to see my life with this as part of it? And I think the the more people are prepared for that, the better it will be for them. Yeah, Mary in motion is now a verb. That's how we we describe <laughs> success long term. That's awesome. Amy, I I do have one big question. I know I know we're we're sort of winding down to, in terms of time here. If you were to, because I, I think the content that you shared with us and your experience that you shared with us has been amazing. I think it's been very insightful. I think it's, it's needed because I don't think that these are topics that get discussed often in the bariatric community. I think we're all aware of it to an extent, but I think it's also slightly glossed over because it's sort of like the, the part we want to sweep under the rug. Um, but if you could share, I would say just one big takeaway from your experience that you would like to share with the bariatric community and people either going through some of the challenges that you've had or about to go through bariatric surgery, what would that be? It would be to not let fear um, dictate your health and your decision-making um, in, in this area. Um, it's very easy to just stay with what you know um, even if what you know is harming your body, which, you know, whether it's bulimia, whether it's anorexia, whether it's just a binge eating disorder in general, um, you're hurting yourself, you're harming your body. And, um, <clears throat> but it's very scary. It's very scary to make a change, especially a lifelong change. Um, and you do have to be prepared to make a lifelong change. Um, and so if you want to be successful, you know, um, it, it's not a quick fix. Um, some people may look at it that way, but then oftentimes those are the people that unfortunately, you know, they, they end up, you know, kind of right back where they started in, in, in four or five years, because they don't, you know, they don't really look at it like this is a lifestyle change. And so um, just don't let fear hold you back. Um, it is scary. It's the unknown. If food has been your friend, your vice, your coping mechanism, your everything, I'll just say food just to yeah. me talk about priorities, like food was up there on the priority list for me. And um, it, it's very scary to, to rearrange your priority list um, in your mind. But um, just go for it if you get the opportunity and it's right for you. It's not right for everyone. This surgery, absolutely. It's, it's you know, something that you can't take lightly. Um, no pun intended, as she would say. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, definitely, you know, weigh up the pros and cons. And but if, if you do feel in your heart like it's something for you, don't be scared to take the to take the leap and take the jump. Also, too, I am a person that I was older when I, when I had the surgery, I was 48. Um, no, excuse me. Uh, let's see, 40. I just turned 49. Yeah. So almost 50. Um, so, you know, uh, if, if your doctor says, Hey, you know, you're healthy enough to under undergo this surgery, go for it. Just, yeah, go for it. It's, it's been amazing for me. That's some awesome, awesome advice. I'm definitely taking notes and coming back on this. I, the, the whole fear, um, I mean, gosh, because fear just drives us to do some crazy things sometimes. And, uh, no and fear, fear coupled with doubt in ourselves, you know, uh, just drives us to different places. And uh, uh, gosh, I loved having you on, Amy. It's, yeah. been, it's been so great to finally get to meet you and get to know you and hear your story 
and uh, you're nothing like how Shay. Yeah, said. right. <laughs> like it's totally different. Like Shay. Oh yeah. She had us scared. I mean, she had. Us, oh, shit. She was. She said, "I think it was quote." She was just like, "Get ready for a snoozer." I'm like, "Wow, okay, <laughs> something, something like that, yeah. right?" It was like yeah. that, and I was just like, "Yeah, no. that's exactly that's exactly <laughs> what I said." I can totally picture you saying that, Shay. You know? yeah. I think I think the exact words were "Snoozerville, USA." Here that was it. Yeah. And I was Canadian, that's, so I didn't get it. it so then she had to rephrase it. Yes, that's, that's what it was. Yeah. 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 No, Shay stole. Shay stole that one from me because I'm known for in my family that for some reason I say this is like Sketchville, USA. I don't know why. Like when you're going into like a really seedy part of town. And so my kids are all like, oh, that's a momism, Sketchville, USA. They have, you know? they have some good amyism. Yeah, sure. yeah, they do. They gave me a list one time and I was like, wait, do I really say that stuff? <laughs> yeah, I guess I do. Okay. I'm guilty as charged. Sketchville, USA. We, we call that Detroit here. In yeah, I was going to say, so what part of Michigan is it? Is it yeah, like that's, that's right, this that's one? Right there. Right? That's oh, down here. I was a bit too high. That's Perfect. Sketchville. No. I love Amy, Amy, where can everyone find you if, uh, on Instagram or any of the other social media things here if yeah, they want to connect um, with I'm, you? At just so simple, but um, Amy Quinn Samson that's my handle on Instagram, so super easy. Awesome. I mean, if you spell Amy correctly, which isn't super easy, yeah, so <laughs> but um, <laughs> that's a tough one, yeah. Well, and we've done videos, I think we'll do more videos on my YouTube channel together in the future, so this definitely isn't the end of Amy Quinn Samson. You'll see her more. Awesome. Um, awesome. It's been me, you guys, it's been so fun. I really, I, I was so nervous to do this because. I am not, you know. Tell them all the bad things I said about them to you. I don't oh, believe yeah. it. Tons I don't believe it. Just, yeah, tons. <laughs> okay, but seriously, Rob, she roped me into doing this dance thing. Oh, oh, and yeah. She does that. I'm just going like this. And you, yep. Murph, you're like, <laughs> I'm like, why did I have to be a Fool. I danced. Oh, cool. I, I did and then you two boys are just like, I like it. So yeah, Shay, you you roped me into that big time. I, I bet you knew. I bet you knew the boys were just gonna like go. Mm, 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 and... I, I, needed to, I needed to level it out. I needed yeah. to spice it up. You because know? Yeah, yeah, you know Shay's gonna come in all crazy and you know yeah. whatnot and so yeah she's like just do this it's five seconds it's you know i'm like oh gosh Shay, so like, they know my little pitch i always give them yeah. just five seconds guys yeah. that's all it's I no big deal it's no big yeah. deal yeah well, speaking yeah. of crazy, um, some of the things that we're doing this March is crazy. So just to give you guys a heads up, I'm going to be put, putting more, we'll put more communication out. But March Madness, we have a packed week starting next week where we're going to have not one, but two shows uh, next Wednesday. So, and then the Wednesday after that, we're going to have one show but then we'll also do a happy hour. So we're going to get all of this out to you. But you guys, this is going to be like crazy next couple of weeks. So buckle madness. up. Madness. Madness. Exactly. Much madness. So I hope you guys are all ready. We're going to have somebody with a really cool British accent. And no, it's not Murph pretending. Nope. And it's, it's not the Canadian accent. We're sick of the Canadian accent. We're, we no. need to get yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's going to be fun. I'm really excited Come for on, the next Amy. couple of weeks. So right. stay tuned. Follow us on Instagram so you can see what's what's coming up. Awesome. And thank you, Amy, very much for joining us. And thank you guys My all thank you, so Amy. much for joining us on another episode of The Waiting Table. Oh, I guess we're doing that. Yay. Waiting Table Cop Podcast, where we're serving the Hi, weight man. loss community. One pound at a time. Thanks, guys. Have a good day. This is where we dance, Amy. You're killer. You're sick dancing. There now. it is. Five seconds only, Amy. Just five <laughs> seconds. Just five seconds. I'm like an annoyed and short. Five seconds. Broker. That's all I need, guys. That's all I need. I know. <laughs>